Thank you, Lord, that I'm here today. Oh, how sweet you are. You're so humble. You wouldn't even applaud for yourself. I'm going to give you one more chance to do that. If you're not going to applaud for yourself, applaud for your neighbor. Okay? Go on. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 My goodness, God is so good. He is so faithful. Hallelujah. That's not what we're going to, so that's okay. That, uh, that's not our message today. That's last week. Or week before. I'm losing time. No, it's weeks before. Well, it's good to have love. We need to love one another. Do you still love your... I mean, even after... I, mean, I know it's been a month since you got your flowers, but do you still love your spouse? I kind of noticed that yesterday over at my daughter's uh, house. I was sitting on the front porch. They took a walk, and the kids and Grant comes running up on the porch, and there, there's a vase outside with some yellow roses that have just bent over in a vase. And I thought, well, maybe she received that on Valentine's Day. And Grant come, and he just, you know how little ones are. They're just going to start messing with something. So they said, he started grabbing them, pulling them out of the vase. I said, just leave them. Leave them there. It's okay, okay. And one top of the rose fell, and he grabbed it, and he poked it back on the stick. And put it back in there. But that love God gives us is a bold love. It's a great love that we have for each other. But I'd like to preach this morning on bold step, bold faith. Bold step and bold faith. The Lord has laid it on my heart that we as a church, we're going to be bold and to step out and be bold. And faith seems to be a subject that God seems to keep bringing my way and before the church. I thought maybe it might be because of the uh, getting through the pandemic and moving forward that it's that, and it was that, but I'm starting to see as a season, as a congregation, there are people in this church who are facing battles. And right now, just now occurred, and they're facing battles, and we need faith to rise up in the house of the Lord. We need by faith believe in healing. For faith, God's going to touch people. and The Lord's going to heal people and minister to people's lives. I got news for you. The pandemic didn't stop all this other stuff from happening. You know, stuff in life, the challenges. And uh, there have been other sicknesses besides the coronavirus going on, you know. And the doctors and the hospital personnel they can affirm the fact that stuff is still going on but i want you to know this surely is god that's been with us in this past season is a god that's going to touch and heal those that need a healing touch from the lord for the word of god if god's word was not reliable i would just quit doing this do you understand i would just quit i would quit getting all worked up and sweaty and yelling and excited if it was just something that just doesn't exist anymore. But I just happen to believe that the gospel is still true. And that I happen to believe in the full gospel that by his stripes we were healed. 
and any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, anointing and praying over the sick, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick in James chapter 5. I just happen to believe that I'm still supposed to yell about it and scream about it and work it out and believe it and promote it and teach it and begin to practice it in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's some things that would change, yeah. Got an offering in boxes. I never thought that would ever happen, but it did. It's okay. It's okay. Messing with the offerings and the tradition of how we're doing it. Messing with how we're doing socializing and fellowships right now. Messing with this and that. But I will tell you, it hasn't phased the word of God. God's word is unchangeable. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So praise the Lord for that. That's just a moment of exhortation provided by me, your pastor. Amen. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. We're just going to hang there. We're not going to go anywhere else, I guess. But that's the road we're going to be on is the road of Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. And I want you right now to pray for me. We've been having some great preaching going on around here. Pastor Micah and, and Noah Searles, man, they're just bringing down the house in their preaching, and others have been preaching Wednesday nights and how the Lord's been using So it's been a while since I've preached. I even, last time I preached, Leah helped me. So I had some support. So now I guess I'm on my own this morning. Just me and Jesus. I hope we don't have our own thing going. But I don't need anybody to tell me what it's all about. Pray with me right now. Stretch your hand forward. Let's join together. For I believe God has a, a word for you. Believe it right now. Sure as you're reaching out, say, Lord, I believe there's a word for me. Lord, I believe there's prophecy for me. There's faith that's going to rise up in me through your word, God. And I pray, Lord, that you anoint me through the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to have the theatrics. It's not about the theatrics. It's about your word and something living, powerful, burning in our hearts. Let faith rise up in this room right now. Faith rise up in this room in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. This account in Scripture is filled with so much prophetic insight that we just are just going to have to march through it step, one step at a time, verse by verse, because there's just so much here. And I want you to open your heart and your mind. I want you to participate into this message, receive it, get into it, like, like grandma's just provided this incredible lunch for you, and you go and you, you don't walk to the table, you dive to the table. I want you to participate this morning, receive what God has for you, because if you, you're going to walk away with something this morning if you'll let God give it to you. You're going to walk away with something this morning if you'll let God give it to you, and you say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm going to receive in Jesus' name. But we're just going to march through these verses of Scripture, one verse at a time and a little bit here and there. And I told, uh, I told Shannon back there, just kind of let it come up on the screen as I go. I said, Don't, I'm not going to read right through. We're just going to go. How many here know about the account of Scripture of Jesus walking on the water? 
How many here know about the scripture account in scripture about Peter who joined in with Jesus walking on the water when he walked on the water? And I believe in this is the one account in the Gospels in the book of Matthew where it involves Peter. And we're going to, I want you to put yourself in Peter's place. I want you to picture yourself uh, like your Peter, like what's going on here so that you will receive a rhema word for you today. This account in scripture, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. There's a prophetic word for us today and I want you to grasp it. I want you to write it down. I don't care if you don't post it on Facebook, but I want you to grab a hold of this word right now because I believe it's a word for people who are in this house and those of us who are in this house right now and for Rodney Pike Church of God. After March, we'll know how it is to be on the other side. How many here believe with me right now that after March, we're going to know how it is to be on the other side. Oh, oh, come on now. That's, that's good stuff here. After March, we're gonna, we'll, we'll know how it is to be on the other side. How many here received that word this morning? Jesus said, go over to the other side. And they intentionally got into the boat. He put them in the boat. Then the Bible said that Jesus sent the multitudes away. He sent the multitudes away. Listen to me, child of God. Jesus will take care of the multitudes. Jesus will take care of the multitudes. Are you feeling like you're a little squeezed in right now lately with the world and the way the world is? It's the multitude putting the squeeze on you. But let Jesus take care of the multitudes. The multitudes represent the negative vibes that, that you may receive by stepping into the boat. Those who are more than a hindrance than a help in your walk of faith. Jesus, let Jesus take care of the multitudes. I tell you what, in a moment in time of faith, we need Jesus more than anyone else. We need the Lord and focus on him and let Jesus take care of the multitudes. I mean, we could go on a tangent with all the blah, blah, blah on social media and, and the newspapers and the news stations and all this stuff. Uh, Why, wow, we could get so immersed in it. You think that we were running for president <laughs> or that we were in charge of some office. I think it's time we let Jesus take care of the multitudes. And, and, and we need to just be on our way. We need to be on our way because, see, those voices we hear around us, that they may mock us trying to sow seeds of doubt on our faith. We just need to get in the boat. Jesus will take care of the multitudes. You know who the multitudes are. They are the disclaimers of your promise, the distractors of your mission. The, the disdainers of your step of faith. You just need to move on. It's time to get in the boat. Let's move on. As the Lord told us to do so, that we move 
on. And let me tell you, I, I'm right now getting a, a, I don't know if anybody's sending me telepathic messages. But somebody might be trying to say, now, Pastor, but we got to take a stand in America and all of, Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. But let Jesus take care of the multitudes. You take your stand and then go on and do what Jesus wants you to do. You go on and live for him, for the kingdom of God is eternal, but all the kingdoms of this earth are finite. They're not, they're not going to last forever, but God's kingdom is eternal. Hallelujah. Remember, too, your destination, it's secure. Jesus told him, get in the boat, go the other side. It's secure. You and I just need to move on into the destination God has for us. In a place he told us to go and to move forward and to move forward. We just need to remember that. Verse 23 says, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came... He was alone there. Oh, my Jesus. Going to the mountain to pray. Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, and he was alone. But I'm sure that he wasn't praying for himself. I believe he went up on that mountain and began to pray for those who are going to get in the boat and pray that when they run into the storm midway, that they will not turn around and come back. The Lord's praying that as the disciples were going to face the storm, but they were not going to get scared and turn back and come back, but they decided to keep on pushing forward. Jesus prayed on that mountain. I know some people say, well, he prayed so he walked on the water, but he's God, you know. And, and this was going to happen and the power of God was there. But I believe he was focusing his prayer for his disciples to get in the boat and to make it across the other side. But more than that, to make it if he knew they were going to run into a storm and going to run into something that's going to hinder them. And so he prayed, Lord, don't let them turn back, but let them keep on pressing forward. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. Churches today have experienced for a solid year of those, uh, unfortunately, who have turned back, those who have decided that they really got a real good reason for staying out because they decided to do it months ago and, and was on the hinges and the fringes of, of Christianity, but now they've just decided, I just won't go back because it just don't fit in my life anymore. This storm... The Lord says, I don't want them to turn back. Jesus praying, Lord, God, let them keep going. Let them keep going through the storm. I know he wasn't praying for himself. He didn't want his disciples to turn around. But now in verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. I want to say something to, to you about this. This storm that they were in was unrebukable. You ever feel like you've been in that? I'll tell you what, I've been, I've been buking that pandemic for all these months, but somehow it's still, it's still going on. It's still happening. I don't know, except just going to have to trust in God. But the storm they were in was unrebukable. It was there for a person, purpose, and a reason. The storm you're going through may not be rebukable, but the Lord has brought that storm in your life for a purpose and a reason. The whole past year that we've lived in has been unrebukable, but it was there for a reason. 
the past whole year, it was just simply unrebukable. You tried, you tried, but you kept on pressing. You kept on rowing. You kept on trying to move forward. You're in the middle of the lake, but you can't seem to get anywhere. You just keep on working and working and believing. The boat was in the middle of the sea and tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. I want you to know that the disciples in the scripture, if you look in the verse, it says here, it talks about the boat. It doesn't talk about the disciples, but the boat, the boat, the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The disciples were not in the storm, but the boat, those in the boat were feeling the effects. Somehow the scripture doesn't bring the disciples in the picture first, but the boat. Talking about the boat. Just imagine with me this morning, just for a moment, if the boat, which is your faith, would speak. What would it say? Well, it would probably say something like this. You should trust in what the Lord has placed you in. Trust in what the Lord has placed you in. Believe and know that this is hard and difficult, but the Lord is with you and he believes in you. I believe, I know this, God believes in me more than what I believe in him. He sees and knows and trusts me and loves me with a great love that is beyond a love I could ever love completely back to him equally. But because he trusts me and he loves me, uh, the boat in our life, the faith in our life should say you should trust in what the Lord has placed you in. Then secondly, the boat would say, I was built for this. I was built for this. What was the first thing God gave you when you got saved? Well, he gave me forgiveness. Well, no, 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 no. He gave you a measure of faith. A faith that is lasting and enduring and strong that can withstand any storm in your life. Hallelujah. If you just carry out what he tells you to do, the boat is going to last. It's built for the storm. It's going to hit the contrary waves, but you're going to make it to the other side because he told you to go over to the other side. I mean, after March, we're going to see what's on the other side. Oh, I, I, I just, I tell you, it's just, I just, do you ever look for timely things, for signals and messages? Huh, huh, huh. Well, what is next? What's next month? What's on the other side of March? Why, it's Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Disciples, you hang in there. He's going to be dead three days, but he's raising up. We're going to know when we get past after March, we're going to see what's on the other side. Something we've been blinded to, but we know it's there. And we're going to experience it in the name of Jesus Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going the other side. Hallelujah. And the boat would also say this to the disciples if you ask them. And since the boat was the subject matter in that verse... I'm assigned to get you where you are to go. I'm on assignment to get you to the place you need to go. Your faith is going to carry you. You know what happens when you face hardship and you just don't feel God anymore? And your emotion box is broken. 
How are you going to stay afloat? How are you going to face the storm? Your faith is going to get you there. Oh, yeah. You say, I don't feel it, but I know it. I don't feel it, but I know it. He said it, and so it is. Amen. He said, I'm going over. I'm going over. Hallelujah. I don't feel good. I feel miserable. I'm depressed. Uh, I feel like I'm so down and low, and I'm so nervous. My, I'm just so broken. God, where are you? Your emotions want to cry out, but your knower cries out. Your spirit man cries out. He says that God is faithful. God's going to keep you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you I'll go with you even to the end of the age that's your knower that's your boat you don't feel it but you know you're crossing over you're just feeling the effects now, I've never been on a cruise but I've read about it I don't really want to go on a cruise because I don't have a lot of room to gain weight. You know, if I was like Jason, then maybe, maybe, but I just, you know, me and food, we have a relationship, see? And we won't get in there, okay? We won't talk about that. They say every time you take a cruise, you gain 15 pounds, 12 to 15 pounds, so I don't, you know, I don't need it. But something about a cruise is that Remember when Jesus was asleep at the bottom of the boat? Did you know that really the most even place there is in a large vessel and the best place, if you're going to hit a storm in that type of vessel, the best place where it's level and even and calm is in the lower part. Huh. Yeah. Where's first class? Yeah. But that's okay. You may not feel like you're first class right now. But you're in the bottom of the boat and lower part, and there's a storm going on, but then somehow or another, you don't understand it. I'm just fine here. I'm not all upset. I'm making it. Everything's fine. God's blessing is because uh, the, the boat is holding you. You may feel the effects, but it's made to stand against what it's got to go up against. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why when the Lord saved me, he didn't say, Ron Bynum, your intuition, your creativity, your mental intellect is going to get you all the way. No, God says, Ron, here's some faith. And this faith is going to carry you all the way. Glory to God. That's, somebody praise God for the boat. Thank you, boat. Thank you, boat. Thank you, boat. Now, Hallelujah. I want you to look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor now. I've done this before, and T.D. Jakes does it, but I'm not as good as he is. And this isn't one of his sermons, so don't look for it. But turn your neighbor right now and look at him. And this is what I want you to say. Congratulations, Congratulations. on surviving the worst season of your life. Come on. Congratulations. On surviving the worst season of your life. You will make it. You will make it. Because here comes Jesus. You're going to make it because here comes.
comes Jesus walking on the water. Here comes Jesus in the darkest part, in the darkest hour, in the most turmoil time. Here comes Jesus. So neighbor, you're going to make it. 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 You're going to make it in the name of Jesus Christ. My goodness. Hallelujah. <laughs> Timid people may ask if they come in this room wondering, why does he yell? He's got a microphone. It's fun. It's just fun. <laughs> you get any little child up here, give them a microphone, they go, rah, rah, you know, they get real loud. They, they go, beep, 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 beep. no, they go screaming in the microphone. So go ahead, you're already thinking right now, he's a kid, he's a child. Oh yeah, I am, I want to be. I'm tired of grown up Ron. I'm tired of old Ron. I want the new being to come out and the new creature and the youthful one and son of God. Daughter and son of God, come on, rise up and come alive and rejoice in the Lord. Your eyes may have been seeing some stuff, but the word of God is declaring something else. Your eyes may be seeing the storm and the hardship, but your faith is saying God is able. God is able. God is able. Hallelujah. Now I want you to know it's not the same storm in which Jesus stood up and commanded, peace be still. That's the way we like it. When storms come, we like that verse. We love that verse. Peace be still. But nowhere in this account of Scripture does Jesus ever even address the storm he never addresses it no but but we always like going to that account of scripture jesus stood up and said peace be still and the storm stopped no the storm was raging it's going on jesus never addresses it he just fixes it he takes care of it his authority and power does the work not just what he says but who he is Let's go on here. Let's go further now. I got to go more verses. Huh? I got a lot more to go here. It's the passage of Scripture. He never addresses the storm. He never says, peace be still. But rather, Jesus employs the storm to slow down the disciples until he can get there. Maybe you're in a slowing down season. I've hit a storm, and I'm working real hard. And God's saying, I'm catching up with you now. You're slowed down in the storm. So I might be able to walk on the water and catch up with you. Maybe you're being slowed down by the storm. So you start realizing, man, we need help right now. Man, I can't handle this myself. Man, this is bigger than what I am. Boy, I wish Jesus would have gotten in this boat. By the way, where is Jesus? Uh, I don't understand it. There's not another ship coming until tomorrow morning. And, 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 and uh, where is Jesus? Boy, we sure could use Jesus right now. We really could. As they're rowing, not getting anywhere in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the sea at, at 3 o'clock in the morning, and they're rowing and rowing. Their arms are getting tired. Is your arms getting tired? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to beat out this storm. I'm trying to get through the waves and the wind. I'm trying, but I just can't seem. I just can't seem to do it. I can't seem to get advantage of it. I just, I'm not getting anywhere. Maybe perhaps the Lord is slowing you down. 
so he might be able to catch up with you. Not that he doesn't have the ability. He could have flown. He didn't have to, he didn't have to walk on the water. He could have flown. There's Jesus. Come around and translated right there, and there he is in the boat. No, he was walking on the water because the conquering Lord. I'm, this isn't in, in my notes, but I just thought about it. In the account of Mark, the Bible says that Jesus, when they saw Jesus walking, he was walking as though he's going to pass them by. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? It means it's a symbol of his divinity and power as he's going to walk past them as Moses was in the cleft of the rock could not behold God in all his glory the Bible says and God passed by him showing his glory his deity his power his authority the disciples needed to see Jesus ability to walk right past them because he's Lord he's the master over everything not just the sea or the storm over everything with God all things are possible so here it is the storm is there why did Jesus reveal himself I'll tell you why he revealed himself because listen he has to be seen as necessary he's got to be seen as necessary and as they're rolling the boat they're not getting anywhere they're worried about the storm and what's going on they've got to see that there is Jesus walking on the water because the Lord has to be seen as necessary because if you and I don't see that he is necessary then we put instead of elf on the shelf we put Jesus on a shelf we set him aside we don't really passionate about him. We only obey him when people are looking. We only serve him when we're, you know, the right moment. But all the other moments in our life, we just ignore him. We put him on a shelf. But Jesus must be seen as being necessary. Here's a boat full of men who are going to give their life for Jesus in the future. And Jesus is trying to tell them, I want you to see that I am necessary for your situation and every situation. He's necessary. He's walking on the water. How long are you going to keep putting me off? How long are you going to continue to act and live as though I am unnecessary in your life? I so designed for a storm to hit so you may be here today that you may hear and understand that I am reaching out to you that my disciples got in the boat to cross to the other side and that they didn't have to seek and find me but I went and I found them I'm looking at you now and behold where you're at 
Don't allow yourself to lie to yourself and say, I can't live a Christian life. I can't live a Christian life. You cannot live a Christian life without me. But you can live a Christian life with me. For I am the life giver. I am the one that gives you the eternal life. And you must believe in me and know that I am Lord. That I'm able to take care of you. No matter what the circumstances. Have faith in me. I reach out to you now. You cry out, Lord, save me. I will pull you up. I will pull you up. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Saints, let's just worship the Lord for the Holy Spirit moving. I got a whole lot of things to say, but the Holy Spirit has something else to say. And the Lord says, now I'm moving in. The Lord is working in your heart, and you can't deny it. You just can't deny it. Why don't you just give up and realize that Jesus is necessary for your life and that you need him? And I just wonder right now as the Holy Spirit's moving with a hush, his presence is moving in this room. Are you here and you know you don't have Christ? You know that you don't belong to him. But he's ready to receive you. If you'll just raise your hand and say, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for Jesus. I need Jesus. He, I need him. He is necessary for my life. I need him. I need him. I need him in my life. I want you to just quickly raise your hand and let it down. Very quickly. Very quickly. So the Lord's speaking to your heart. Don't push it aside. Don't push him aside again. Don't do that. Don't do that. He loves you. He cares for you. Just raise your hand up quickly and let it down. The Lord's speaking to you. You you need Christ. Just raise your hand up quickly. The Holy Spirit's reaching out to you. You can only turn to him while he's turning to you. Well, he's reaching out to you. He's reaching right now. Is there anyone in the room? Anyone in the room? Raise your hand. Say, I need the Lord. I need Christ. I need Christ in my life. I need him in my life. Saints, pray. I need Christ. I need Christ. My life right now. I know there's folks in here. I could go to you, but I'm not going to. This is your decision. And you will stand before God yourself. He's calling you, He's speaking to you. This is your moment, your time. There's no assurance of tomorrow or the future. It's only now, only now, right now. The Lord at this moment loves you and He's calling you. Just raise your hand and say, I need the Lord. I need Jesus in my life. I need him in my life. I feel so urgent about doing this that I'm going to do it this way and then you can testify. I want everybody in the house to pray this prayer. If you're sitting under the sound of my voice and you know that you're away from God, you pray this prayer, God will hear you. For the Lord knows exactly where you're at. He's looking at you right now. He's looking at you right now. I want you to pray this prayer. Everybody in the house to pray. And if you know that you need to pray this prayer, pray it. Pray it. Dear Lord, forgive me of my sins. Be Savior of my life. I need you to survive. Give me your eternal life. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me.
and that you rose from the dead. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you know it come from your heart and you knew that you needed to pray that prayer, we just raise your hand, testify, that's all. Just raise your hand, testimony. God bless you. There are several in the house. I know the Lord's speaking to you. Just raise your hand. Yes, God bless you. Now tell somebody. Tell and the other people love you, want you to tell them. Tell them. Just tell them. Just tell them. And and I'll never forget it. Good old brother Jack Henson was in this church. Some of you probably still remember him. Jack was Brenda Henson's husband. Jack was backslidden for years, was an alcoholic. Brenda and he were divorced and were divorced for many years. I had the opportunity to remarry them. They never married anyone else. And they remarried. And more than that, Jack sat in my office. And he told me, he said, you know, I don't know if I can believe in this God. I don't know. I don't know. But then what happened, he came in the Easter Sunday service. He sat there, and I began to preach, and I began to talk about baby steps. One little step at a time. Jack told me he raised his hand for salvation, come to the Lord, and he told me afterwards, he said, you know, it's something you said, baby steps. He said, I can do that. I can take baby steps. I can do that. I can do that. So I'm telling you, those of you, raise your hand. Take baby steps. Take it. You got people going to undergird you and help you amen that's what the family of God is all about that's what that's what your family serving the Lord they're praying and you just become an answer of prayer a long time prayer praise the Lord praise God praise God praise God saints give the Lord a clap offering of praise hallelujah let me preach a thousand sermons and sweat a million sweat drops it's far worth if one person comes to Christ and comes to Jesus Christ. And Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you think he's given us boldness for? He's given us boldness to be an example and lead people to Christ. They need somebody to lead them to the Lord. They need somebody to lead the way and be bold in this dark world to let the light shine. What's happened my sermon? It's complete for today. I'm not going to go any further because the Lord wants us to praise him and glorify him. The worship team come. Hallelujah. If I was trying to put on a show, I'd keep on preaching. But I learned a long time ago, I'm not going to preach when I don't feel the unction of the Holy Spirit God leave me. I think it's just a good time to praise the Lord. It's a great time to glorify the Lord. The Holy Spirit's moving. How many here feel God right now? How many here feeling energized and, and encouraged? How many here are feeling your faith being lifted up? Don't worry. I won't leave Peter in the middle of the ocean. We'll have to come back and pick him up again. Next Sunday, we'll, we'll go further. So I'm just telling you, hang in there, Peter. Hang in. Jesus, is, is, he's going to help you out. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand with me? Let's praise the Lord and glorify Him.